Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Caitlin Freeman, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, Caitlin works with a wide variety of students, but she's also a professional autism service provider. She works a lot with people who are um, children, teens, and adults on the autism Spectrum. She's been a featured presenter at the Autism Society of America, and she also uh, t- teaches at um, the uh, Point Park University's Conservatory of Performing Arts in Pittsburgh. So we're going to talk today about the Alexander Technique and how it might be useful for people who uh, are, have autism. Um, Caitlin, welcome. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you for, for agreeing to this. I should say that Caitlin and I were just at a conference, and yes. uh, we discussed we were going to do this interview, and now it's not even a week later, and we're doing it. That's great. That's great. So, Caitlin, could you start by giving our listeners a very short description of the Alexander Technique? Sure. Well, as we know, there are many different types of descriptions of Alexander, but for my purposes, I have a, a short description that I like to use, which is the Alexander Technique is a method of regulating the nervous system and introducing conscious choice into our actions. Mm-hmm. And I guess the key word there is conscious choice, isn't yes. it? It's yes. all about empowering people to make changes in themselves. So. Absolutely. Now, um, some of our listeners will, 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 ha- will have had autism or know more about it, but for those mm-hmm. listeners who, who don't, I think it might be good to give a definition of autism and maybe uh, maybe explain just very quickly what it, what the idea of autism spectrum means. Sure. Well, autism is ultimately um, it's an interaction of the genes of genes and the environment. So you have to have both the genes for it and an environmental trigger. It um, leads ultimately leads to um, difficulties with social cognition so that people have difficulty with social interaction. Um, People with autism sometimes have difficulty recognizing faces and processing language. Um, It also leads to a heightened stress response, which can cause depression and anxiety. Uh, Many people on the spectrum um, are just in a constant state of overwhelm and have little ability to regulate their stress. And um, there are sensory processing problems, uh, sensory processing disorders that contribute to experiencing the world just more intensely than other people because sight and sound and touch and smell are often physically painful. So that's kind of in a nutshell what autism is. Um, The autism spectrum is um, it made a little bit more sense uh, in previous editions of the the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Mm-hmm. Right now, everything is just called autism spectrum disorder. But people may have heard the terms like Asperger's syndrome and pervasive developmental disorder, not, of, not otherwise specified. Mm-hmm. And those two um, conditions are now diagnosed just as autism spectrum condition, but it basically means that people have different expressions of autism. So you can have a little bit of autism or a lot of autism, and it really just means um, how much difficulty you'll have with 
social cognition, how much difficulty you'll have with processing speed delays, and how much difficulty you'll have with sensory processing issues, you know, processing different sensory experiences. So it's, I kind of liken it a little bit to, you know, a cup of coffee. You, you have your cup of coffee, and then depending on how much milk you pour into it, you have, you have different kind of gradations of coffee. Mm, okay, that's a nice analogy. Mm-hmm. Or I guess that's not a, a nice analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it might be really interesting for our listeners, before we get into more generally how the technique can help sure. autism, if, if you could just say a little bit about your own personal experience with the technique and, and with sure. autism. Sure. So um, I have a, a former diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, which is now classified as autism spectrum disorder. Um, I received this diagnosis when I was in my 20s. I'm in my 30s now. And um, I, when I first started studying the Alexander Technique, I, I started studying it because touch was excruciatingly painful. Um, I was having a lot of difficulties with movement. Um, I, I mean, you know, your classic klutz, right? I bump into things, trip over things. Um, and I just didn't know where my body was in space and I didn't really know how to interact with people. And a friend of the family who is a, a long time Alexander Technique teacher um, suggested, hey, why don't you give Alexander Technique a try? So I started taking lessons and they were immensely, immensely beneficial. I can't even describe. It was it was like every single lesson I would have light bulbs just going off and I would be realizing new things and touch started becoming less painful and I was able to interact with people and look at people and it was this incredible experience. And about that time I started researching different types of sensory processing and I came upon the term Asperger syndrome. And it just seemed to describe my experience. And I um, eventually went to a psychologist. Um, actually, I've been to several different psychologists and I've gotten various different, diag- well, um, the same diagnosis from different people of, of Asperger's syndrome. Um, and I realized that this was so incredibly um, life-changing <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. I thought, well why don't I start working with other folks who are, who, who have autism, um, are, are on the spectrum. And, and that was kind of the initial idea when I started teaching about six years ago. So, um, and then I've been doing that ever since. And, and as I've been having my journey, um, uh, learning how to manage the kind of more negative aspects of, of my nervous system, I've been helping my students do that as well. Mm-hmm. So, how so could you maybe speak a little more generally then mm-hmm. of how someone who's listening who's 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 say on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. what what does the alexander technique offer that other things they might have tried don't you know i think that the the thing that alexander technique has to offer more than probably any other um, therapy, um, you know, obviously Alexander Technique isn't a therapy, but most of what people on the spectrum encounter are therapies. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Alexander Technique has to offer is that it it gets in between the 
um, person's response to a difficult sensory stimulus, say, and their reaction to that response. So, for instance, um, I may have something brush against my arm, and if I'm not um, breathing and um, calming myself and, and doing all of my good Alexander Technique work, that experience might be painful or it might feel kind of like an electrical burning sensation on my skin. And so I have the choice to either react to that stimulus or to get in between that experience and my reaction. And so I have tools from the Alexander Technique that allow me to quiet my response to that stimulus, to calm down my nervous system. And even though I've had that experience, I then have a choice in what I can do and I can regulate my own nervous system and then get myself back on an even keel. So I would say that that's probably the number one benefit if, if I had to kind of isolate one. There, there are many. <laughs> so that, that um, space between uh, a stimulus and reaction right. is something that a lot of people have to deal with who, who, who don't have autism and it exactly. is something that the technique um, is, is, I think, justifiably known for helping. Yes. But it sounds to me from your, your that in, in, in fact, that very description you just gave, someone mm-hmm. brushes your arm mm-hmm. and it feels like an electric shock. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the people with autism just get a lot more of yes. those situations. And not just more, but maybe ones that, correct me if I'm wrong, but ones that people who are don't have autism would find very difficult to understand right and, what, and empathize with would that exactly. is that fair oh yes uh, the, what the way that i describe it is um it's it's a <laughs> it's it's a slightly funny analogy if you if you'll pardon me but imagine that you have the worst hangover you've ever had in your life and you go to an amusement park and you're riding on the rides and going into the fun house and looking in the mirror and you've got a headache and everything is disorienting and you're dizzy and you don't know really what's up and down. And that's the experience that you get just walking out of your front door and hearing the cars go by on your street. Even without somebody brushing your arm, just exactly. being out in the world. Just just being, mm-hmm. literally being in the world and depending on the level of the person's autism, that experience can be more or less. But it really is important to understand autism as a sensory processing um, issue and not as like a psychological issue. You know, people mm-hmm. with people with autism, uh, it was thought for many years that people with autism had psychological problems, that it was a problem with the way that they were raised. It has nothing to do with that. It really is just that their their nervous systems are on hyper alert all the time and that their nervous system gets jangled by even the slightest little uh, little change. So, for instance, I had a student in, in one of my lessons. Um, I have a refrigerator that's outside of, um, well, it was outside of my door in one of my old teaching studios. And, um, and it was just creating a little bit of a hum. And he said, I can't focus because that refrigerator is is too loud. And I was I went in and I unplugged the refrigerator and we went on with our lesson and it was just fine, but that much of that little tiny buzz was enough to derail the lesson. You know, and I think we've all had experiences 
in life of where something really affected us more than other people around us and we right. said I can't well I can't oh this is the music's too loud or mm-hmm. I don't that sound is irritating um, I, th- I think that's something that people can identify with and it sounds as though again that uh, people with autism just have a lot more of that exactly and and, exactly. and maybe more um, as you say it was just a little hum from the mm-hmm. refrigerator that you know for, no one else probably would notice or care about, right? Right. But for yeah. him, it probably sounded like a jet engine. Yeah. So, yeah. And and the other important thing to understand about autism is that um, different people with autism will have different sensory issues. That that particular individual had a lot of auditory processing issues. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have that. Um, I have a lot of visual processing issues. So if I go into a room with fluorescent lights, I can see those lights flicker, whereas a lot of t- people can't see that. And um, and so if I go into a room with a lot of fluorescent lighting and not a lot of natural lighting, I can feel kind of nauseated. So you know it really just depends. And some people don't have any trouble with fluorescent lighting, but they'll have trouble with something else. So it it's just depending on how their nervous system is is working. Now you said earlier that the the big thing that the technique has to offer is helping people with that stimulus response mm-hmm. I- interface is there are there any major secondary things that oh, you'd yeah. like to talk about sure so one of the real benefits of the alexander technique when working with people on the spectrum is that it helps helps people on the spectrum anybody really but it, especially with people on the spectrum it helps them integrate their senses of touch movement and balance and those those three senses, tactile sense, proprioception, vestibular sense, those three senses are really integral to the way that we move through the world. And they are, if there are disruptions in those senses, it often creates so much distraction and so much static in the person's experience that they're, it, it is difficult for them to just function in other ways so that there's there's a fair amount of evidence that when touch movement and balance those three senses are um are regulated um are uh when people are are better able to um process those three senses that their social interactions become much easier that other sensory systems like vision, hearing, smell, become easier to process. Um, The proprioceptive sense is a really early sense to wire up in in babies and and young children. And so when that's disrupted, it just, it makes it harder for everything else to work. So that is really another huge benefit of the Alexander Technique. And that was one thing that I got a huge amount of benefit from, uh, working with with Alexander Technique, um, just knowing where my body was in space, and um, another kind of going along uh, along those lines. Um, one thing that people on the spectrum have difficulty with is coordinating. Again, this movement coordination is coordinating their speech and their breathing, and just coordinating their voice and. Um, 
when I'm working with somebody on the autism spectrum, I'm going to be working with them a lot on breathing. So I'll use the Alexander Technique Whispered Awe with them. I'll use various different vocal techniques, breathing techniques from Alexander um, to help them to coordinate the um, that whole muscular system, muscular and, and neurological system that allows them to speak effectively. So that's, that's another area that the Alexander world really has, um, has an edge on. A lot of people who work in speech-language pathology may not have the idea of the functioning of the whole person when they're working with uh, with speech and with breathing. They, they may have specific techniques that they use, but they're not looking at the coordination of the entire person. So, so that's another area in which Alexander Technique can be really, truly helpful. And, and the whispered ah uh, that you mentioned is, uh, is, I guess we could best call it an Alexander Technique teaching procedure. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't think we want to go into it here, right. but uh, it's something that a, a teacher can, can show you as part of, uh, part of your lessons. Right. Uh, it, and it, are there other um, connections that you'd like to talk about uh, before we come to a close in terms of how the technique can 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 be useful for for people on the spectrum? Sure. I mean, really, the the main the, the main thing to understand is that the Alexander technique gives people in the spectrum and really anybody, um, a say in how they move through life. And that, that's been really the biggest, <laughs> the biggest benefit for me is that I am not sort of at the mercy of my sensory environment, that I have the ability to control my reaction to the environment and I also have the ability a a finer gradation of understanding of just what is too much so that I can say you know this environment really is just I know that if I stay in this environment I am going to be overstimulated and I now have the opportunity to say no, (laughs) to say, no, I'm going to go and do something else. I'm going to go to a quiet room. I'm going to regulate myself. I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself. And that's um, within Alexander Technique speak, you know, that would be part of this part of inhibition would be this ability to say no to experience, to say, I don't want to um, be in this noisy room, even if noisy by, you know, what I mean by noisy is mm-hmm. the hum of, a, of an air conditioner or a refrigerator. I have choice in what I do. So that's, that's really the, I think, the biggest thing that Alexander Technique and, has And I think, I think that's uh, a, a ge- very general statement about mm-hmm. the technique for students of all kinds, that it, yeah. that it really... It gives you powers, if you like, or con- ability to 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 change things in yourself or change your relationship with the environment that you may never have imagined you might have. Mm-hmm, and yet, absolutely. the process ultimately the 
the ideas of, of the technique and in some ways the teaching process is incredibly simple mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a complicated thing and it has real world immediately almost immediately for most people observable consequences so yeah yeah well yeah. i think you know i think that's a great place for us to to great. bring our conversation to a close um, my my guest today has been caitlin friedman an Alexander Technique teacher in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And if anything that we've talked about um, has intrigued you and you live anywhere near Pittsburgh, we'll put a link to her site, um, by the uh, her website, by the interview. I'll also put a link to a website that gives you more information about the technique, more general information, and would enable you to find a teacher anywhere in the world. Caitlin, thank you so much for this. Thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it. This has been lovely.